is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Mar, and I'm joined by my two trusty co-hosts as always, Jake Woolhead and Bjorn Malai. Lads, we, uh, we're we only one day away from the season starting. We finally made it. Uh, it's been a tough journey, but uh, we're finally there. How are you guys feeling? I've often said this is the longest part of my... I don't watch any other sports, so the off-season is like hell for me. I, I hate sitting around not watching that. And then I get all this drip-feeding, all the information. It's just hard to do. But now I'm excited. Yeah, I think whatever excitement we're feeling, I'm sure our guest Colin here is feeling significantly more excited than we are. It's a, it's a big deal. So we can't wait to get going. All the, all the pageantry, we've all got the game pass ready to go. So we'll be locked in right up until about three o'clock in the morning watching as many of the week one games as we can fit in so yeah and Fiona, you do mention it yeah one person that had probably a slightly tougher journey to this point <laughs> is our guest for today uh, carolina panthers tight end colin thompson colin it's great to have you on the show thanks so much for talking to us guys so jacked up to be here i really appreciate you guys having me on uh, no problem at all no problem at all um before we start actually i First of all, congratulations are in order because you did make the 53-man uh, roster for the Panthers this coming season. And also a second congratulations because I believe you uh, got married during the offseason. I did, yes. That was uh, definitely more important than making the 53-man <laughs> Good year all around, some could yeah, say, though. No, Good year all around. A fantastic summer. I've been uh, – Sydney and I have been dating now for about seven years. And with football, it's not easy. You know, it's mm-hmm. – we're traveling. I've been all over, as you guys talked about before. I've been, I was with the, you know, I went to the University of Florida where her and I met. And then I traveled, you know, back home to Temple University after I transferred. And then, you know, that, that's right when her and I started dating. And, you know, she stuck with me all the way through. And then the Giants and then the Bears and then the AAF and and then to Tampa and the XFL. So I've been truly all over the country. And uh, now with the Panthers, a little bit, a little bit settled in I guess a little bit even though we're still long distance and she's in New Jersey so um, yeah it's been uh, quite the journey and between uh, getting married and making the 53 uh, man roster it's been a hell of a summer yeah that's grand and uh, don't worry if she's not listening you don't have to say that was more important it's okay we'll keep this between us it's fine we won't uh... We won't tell her, it's grand. But listen, before we actually get in into the interview, guys, um, just want to let you know that this episode today is brought to you by Horan Estates. They uh, have been so kind to donate an NFL jersey to us. Um, so there's still time to enter our competition. All you have to do is go to our social pages on Twitter and Instagram, at UndercenterPod. Uh, you'll see the uh, competition details there. Make sure you do enter it because tomorrow night, Thursday, that is when the competition ends at 9 p.m. So if you haven't got your entry in yet, make sure you do it there. You could win an NFL jersey of your choice just as the season starts. And obviously, whoever wins it is going to get Thompson 86 on the back of their Panthers jersey for sure. Um, but let's get actually uh, straight into the show first. Um uh, first of all, and Colin, I want to actually ask you about uh, Cut Day um, that happened a couple of weeks ago, you know, and how did you sort of uh, feel leading up to it and probably on the day itself? Like, were you are you sort of one of those people that would be stuck to your phone all day hoping it doesn't ring? Or would you be sort of, you know, leaving the phone in another room and just trying to get on with things with your day? You know, it's funny this year. It was unique because the game... Uh, was on a weekend, but cut day was on a, a, uh, on like a Tuesday. 
we were in the building, like practicing like normal and guys were just getting plucked out, you know, that were no longer here. So you really didn't have time to think about it. You know, you just, you just went about your day's business and went to the next meeting and the next meeting. And then there was less and less people in the building for about 48 hours. And then they signed the practice pod back. So now I've been a part of those days before where I'm always on my phone. Yes. I'm staring at my phone the entire time. I'm tracking the cuts. I'm seeing what's going down. But to be honest, usually you get the call right in the morning when you wake up, all the calls I've gotten, I'm getting cut are usually right away. So yeah, it's unique for sure. And this is the first one I made out of training camp. Last year, I did make the team, but they signed me a couple of days later, which was unique in itself. But, hey, I'll take anywhere I can get it. I could care less of what the final result is. You know, the first result, I just want to be a part of it for the season. And, you know, the thing about the NFL is, and that's what my podcast stands for, is not for long. And a podcast is not for long media. And, you know, you got to really be dialed in all the time because it does not last very long. It really doesn't. It's, it's a wonderful thing, but it's so fleeting. It's 90-man rosters being cut to 53 you know, it's, it's that's that's do that math, right? Almost 50% of the team gets cut in half and then there's practice squads and then those guys get shuffled in and out. And then you're trying to find a job or, you know, pay rent or pay a mortgage or whatever it is, you know, and try to live a normal life, even though you're a professional athlete, especially football where things aren't guaranteed is very unique in itself. Yeah. And oh, sorry, go ahead, Fionn, uh, just quickly there, just because you mentioned there last year, you weren't signed and then a couple of days later, they, they re-signed you. What is it? What's the mindset like in those couple of days? Are, are you sort of on to agents sort of seeing if any other teams have any uh, tight end needs, like like putting feelers out there? Or are you just sort of, you know, waiting and seeing if, if the Panthers are going to call back again? Yeah, it's a roller goes over emotion because you're so happy that, hey, you know what, they may bring you back. But you're also like, OK, I want to be somewhere that be somewhere that wants me. And I knew Carolina wanted me last year. I have a lot of great connections here in this building and I was going to stay here. But my agent's like, hey, if. Somebody comes in, we'll let you know, but we want you to stay in Carolina, and so did I. And the thing last year was there was no preseason game, so I wasn't really going to get claimed, you know, and, and that's probably part of the reason why I was let go. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be claimed, but I didn't play in any preseason games. They weren't public because of COVID, you know. So, you know, I, uh, you know, had the opportunity to kind of hide out a little bit, and they put some guys on into reserve that need to be put on into reserve, obviously, and, and that's how I got in. So, yeah, I mean, I – it's not like I was really wanted to go anywhere else, but your agents, you know, prep you for anything that could happen. And that's why you hire them because you know, that's a lot. It's way above your pay grade. You don't need to worry about that. So. And when you have that, that contrast between one camp where you don't quite make it. And then obviously, like you said, get, get signed up a couple of days later versus this one straight in on cut day. How does it feel as you're going through training camp? Do you get a read yourself naturally of like, Oh, I think I'm, I'm struggling a little bit here this year versus this current year did you feel more comfortable did it did it feel like you were going to make it or like how how was your mentality as you were going through the preseason it's a great question no for me I I don't know if I ever felt like yeah I'm going to make this team I just felt like I was a part of the team and it is what it is at the end I know that kind of is a vague way to respond back to it but it's really truth like you're just going about your days you can't really think about too much you have to stay in the moment because such a long training camp if you look at a calendar it's going to give you anxiety you know it's Mm -hmm. Five weeks long, six weeks long before the season. You're there, but in July, the season doesn't start until mid-September. So it's unique in that aspect, and you're just th- taking it day by day and seeing how it goes and trying to be the best version of yourself. That's the only thing that you really can guarantee yourself. You know, I guess trying to be something you're not, you you know, you're going to struggle. Go ahead. Sorry, that's my uh, that's my little follow up as well. Is it is it really self focused or are you looking at other guys around going, okay, how are they doing? How's how's the coach reacting to this, that, and the other? Or is it really just so manic, so busy that you're really just focused on yourself, every single rep that you can do, maximize it, and leave everyone else to do what they do? 
I think that happens just by, you know, having stance, you're mm-hmm. going to notice things that are going on around you, but it doesn't really affect your day to day. It doesn't affect how I do my process. I, I try to figure out what works for me and I stick with it. I really don't try to reinvent the wheel knowing who my, who I am and you know, what my traits are as a player, probably, you know, what I try to say is my best attribute because I know what I am. I'm going to work on what I need to work on, but I'm really going to work on what I'm good at because you know, that's why I'm here. You know, I'm, a, I'm more of a blocking physical tight end. The minute I stop doing that is the minute I lose my job. So um, I'm not trying to be anybody I'm not, that's for sure. Colin, um, just a quick question there, kind of building on that. Obviously, you've been a part of some of these cut days. Um, and everybody, like kind of the bubble guys, they're kind of, you know, everybody's desperate to make the roster. Is there, there's obviously a level of competition between you guys, but is there still that teammate kind of pushing each other forward kind of aspect of it? Yeah, no doubt. I think we all are, honestly. Like, we kid around about, like, the cutting part and all that stuff. Like, in our building, it's almost like a non. We don't talk about it, you know, and it's not like it's, on our minds, but it's more of just pushing each other along because you can't, you won't get anywhere. If you just say, Hey, you know, we may get cut. I'm not going to build these relationships. I may be gone. You, you, you just build the relationships. You act like it's a normal football team. And then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, half of you aren't in the building. And that's what the real struggle is, is being in the building. It feels normal. You just go and you have those relationships and you have those conversations and you're back in your normal routine. But then, I've been the guy many, many, many times more than I've made it that is on the car ride home and driving themselves 10, 15, whatever, 20 hours home, or they're flying home across the country or, you know, they're living in a suitcase and all those relationships and all those things that you had are gone. That's a really struggle is the mental health side of it is, okay, I just gave my body, gave my life to the sport. And now I'm not wanted anymore. And your agent tells you, Hey, listen, we got to wait and see what happens. It's going to be a couple of weeks, you know, and then that's really tough. So, I've been on both ends of it and it's uh, you know, this one's a lot more fun than, than the other, but you know, I don't know if I'd be here today if it wasn't for those, those times I've been gut. Mm-hmm. And Colin, you mentioned uh, two things that I, I want to kind of wrap up into one question. If I can, you mentioned that your, your pros as a player are obviously your physicality and your blocking. And of course you made the team last season, but not only did you make the team, you scored an NFL touchdown, something that me and the lads can only dream of. I went back and I watched the tape on that. And obviously it's a heavy set, strong run look. And you kind of peeled out, wheeled around to the back. As that play is being called in the huddle, what are the nerves? Like, do you know you're getting the ball? Is the excitement coming? Or are you like, okay, let's see how this plays out. I just want to know what goes through your head as you score an NFL touchdown. Honestly, it's it's funny. So over the years, that's how I've scored a lot of my touchdowns on those plays, a lot of play action, a lot of things like that. I'm, I'm not going to, um, in man-to-man coverage, ride, run by somebody and look like Travis Kelsey or Kittle or, you know, you name them, the best guys in the league. So uh, I've scored a couple times that way where it's like, hey, it's either we're either going to throw you the ball or we're going to throw it out of bounds. You know, it's, it's, it's a one-for-one situation. We're kind of all in on the play. So, you know, there's some self-talk about just, hey, trust your tech, tra- trust your technique. You know, trust the work you put in, trust your preparation. It's going to be fine. So, you know, that that's how it went. And my buddy Ian Thomas kind of slapped me on the butt right there and said, hey, man, this is the one, you know, and we're going to let's go. Let's, I'll see you in the end zone. Yeah, just fake the run and we run the, the run play a ton. It's just the straight, you know, double teams at the point of the ta- point of attack. It's a Le'Veon Bell run that everyone remembers in Pittsburgh where he kind of hesitates and then he hits it, you know, for whatever he hits it for. It's that run, but it's the pass off of it. Um, I was telling the story on a podcast earlier. I um, 
was so jacked, you know, when I scored. And it was an unbelievable feeling. And I remember going to the sideline and like, wow, Rob Gronkowski's on that sideline. And I scored a touchdown and he didn't. Well, fast forward to later in the game, they ran the same play and he scored on the – he scored. So, you know, uh, I was like, man, I was I thought too soon in my head. So, it was uh, tremendous and uh, an unbelievable thing to be embraced by my teammates and my family and my friends. And it was a big day for everybody, you know, and my family and friends and the coaches and the people that have helped me along the way because I'm truly a product of that. And, you know, yeah, I scored and that's cool and all, but it really is for everybody, you know, to kind of celebrate together because it took a lot of people to get me to this point. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And um, obviously in Carolina, there's a pretty, you know, famous guy, you could say that uh, played in your position for the Panthers for many years, Greg Olson. And he was uh, there at camp a couple of weeks ago, sort of delivering a speech to the team. And, you know, what was it like hearing from such a, a legendary player in your position, sort of, you know, talk you through, like sort of, I'm, well, I'm assuming talk you through, like how he played the game. Yeah, I mean, even the stuff off the field, right? We'll get on his on the field stuff, but like he's a Hall of Famer. He'll be in the Ring of Honor, and he's just, you know, off the field. What what I'm probably striving to be, you know, he's in the media and communications world. He's going to be calling games this year, national televised football games in the NFL. I mean, that's awesome. And he actually called one of our, my XFL games, you know, when he was in and out of the league and starting to get some preparation for that. So there's a guy who's worked on his career, post you know career while he's doing his current career, and that's something I'm interested in. And then. You know, it's it's he's one of the best to ever do it on the field, right? He's he's a legend in Carolina. Um, he's he's a legend in the NFL when it comes to tight ends, and you know, he, he just his message was pretty straightforward. His guys, I miss this game. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the locker room. I miss the teammates. But my body doesn't miss it, and I don't miss the two days and all the stuff like that. So, yeah, he's a beast. And uh, you know, Greg, like I said, is a Hall of Famer. And the more you can learn from Greg, the better. He's got a wealth of knowledge. He's played in, you know, a lot of different systems, even though Carolina was straight through. And these guys have played for so many people, man. They just they're just brilliant. Their minds just click differently. And yeah, someone I look up to and always have looked up to. He's an absolute stud. Colin, you mentioned there the XFL, and of course you also played in the AAF as well. How did those experiences differ from the experience of the NFL? Of course, they don't, they're not. There were new teams, right? So they didn't have the same facilities necessarily as the NFL teams, but there was a lot of ex-NFL talent there in terms of coaching and management to the teams. How did you find the differences between that experience and now your current experience? Yeah, so I'll start with the NFL, and it's a great question because they're all completely different. So the NFL obviously is the top pay and the top facility and the top food and travel and all that, right? And then the next level is – You'll have the XFL, which is the top facility in that lower level version of football. Like we've stated some spring minor league baseball stadiums. We would practice in there and we had three grass fields and, you know, we had a weight, awesome weight room and we fed two meals a day. So that operationally things were great for that level, but the pay wasn't that great. And then the AAF, the pay was really good. It was practice squad NFL money. And then the operations of facility weren't that great. Now they got the job done. And if you're a professional, you can handle it. But for example, like in Birmingham where I played, like we literally had bathrooms. And if you wanted to go number two, there was no doors in the stall. And the stalls were only only four feet high. So if you were sitting down, some of us could look over the stall and wave to the next guy. Or you could look straight ahead and the guy was going to the bathroom right in front of you. So you know, it was really unique in that sense. I loved it, though. Like, every minute of it, it was incredible. And, like, some guys would complain, and I get that. Like, mm-hmm. but, you know, what would you want to be doing? You'd rather be at your house right now? Would you rather be home? 
We're playing football. They put a ball down. It's on film. It's on tape. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us got NFL workouts and tries out of it. And I wouldn't have been here today without it. You know, I was again on a podcast earlier telling the story. I got in the, I got into the AAF because I knew a coach who sat behind my mom in homeroom growing up in high school. And then that same guy, a recruiting person who worked under him, he worked at the University of Florida where I started, and we had a great relationship. And he said, I want you to come and be one of our guys down here. You're going to help this team win. So when I get to Birmingham, I connect with my buddy Brendan again. And then from there, I can I meet my buddy Ron. And then Ron, when the AAF folds, goes to the Tampa Bay Vipers and works for them in their football operations. And then he says, hey, you know, you got to bring this guy named Colin Thompson in. So that's how I end up in Tampa. I played well in Tampa enough. And then the Carolina Panthers called, right? So, like, it's all about connections and who you know and playing well mm-hmm. and performing and yeah, it's funny. It's, it's quite the journey. All the leagues are very unique. Well, look, we pay cash money to play American football on a soccer pitch with two pads and a whole pile of cones. So I can appreciate you can play football wherever you want to play football if you've got the desire and the love for the game. So that's pretty cool to hear. No doubt. And I definitely can I come play over there? Like, do we go for absolutely? Oh, yeah. hang out. <laughs> Only if he signs an exclusive contract with the North Dublin Pirates. I am not playing against Colin Thompson. <laughs> Wait, can we like get some Guinnesses after? Like, that's all I want financially. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll go to the Guinness storehouse if you want. We'll close the yeah. thing down. We, uh, yeah. Uh, how'd you, uh, how'd you look in orange and white? Do you like orange and white? Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> for the right price of a couple of games and a couple of good bites to eat, you know, I'll play for whatever. Well, we like to we like to have a, a treasure chest after our home games, you know. And we'll make sure we fill it with enough uh, enough cans again. It's just for just to make sure we we'll actually we'll put it in the contract that you get your own treasure chest if you want. But we'll just take we'll just take the other one. It's fine. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But uh, but I want to actually ask you about. The, the team's uh, preparations this year, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, it's Coach Rule um, is definitely getting his feet under the table there now with the team and, you know, new quarterback there now with um, with Sam Darnold and I'm sure he's looking forward to uh, Sunday more than anyone else for his uh, revenge game against against the Jets and, you know, how, how has things been like for, for Darnold settling into the team? Oh, I mean, I... I don't want to speak for him, but I'll say this, you know, it's been great for me getting to know Sam. You know, he's a guy who's young, but has played a ton of football. Just a really unique situation. He came into the NFL at a really young age and has played a lot of football. So, you know, like I said, you know, our relationship is great and he's someone I've gotten to know and he's a friend in the team and you can tell he's got great leadership qualities, you know, athletically. I think the one thing that shocked me with Sam is how fast he is. And I told us, I'm like, man, he can run. So we're going to scramble a little bit this year. I I mean, it's no secret to NFL people, but I was shocked. You know, I never really thought of him as like somebody who can run with it, but he can take off. He's just in really good wheels. Definitely faster than me, but that's not saying much. Um, You know, that's not something he's like hanging on his mantle by any means. So, uh, no, he's just, uh, you know, he's going to have a great year. We, you know, got to do our part to keep him protected. And, you know, just like any good quarterback, right, protection is key and protect him and, Make sure he's got all the tools he needs to be successful. We have a lot of great skill players as well and a great offensive line and a great team. You know, complimentary football is key. You know, great defense and special teams and all the great teams, all three phases do really well. And that's what we're trying to do this year in Carolina. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think his pace is definitely a, 
uh, an underutilized thing because I think it was last season against the Broncos. I think he had a, a run, I think it was like a 40, 50 yard run. And like he put the afterburners on on that one. He was deceptively fast in that and the Broncos couldn't keep up with him at all. But that, that's uh, that's uh, great to hear. One other question that I wanted to ask you quickly as well was, when are you getting invited to the tight ends university? <laughs> I guess I can't more touchdowns. Probably that's the first thing. <laughs> I feel like cool what they're doing. You know, they had 50 of the best tight ends in the NFL get together and, you know, they had a good time. They had to learn the game. They did. And they were having a sip of your beer there. I, I know they had plenty of fun sipping some beer. And that. <laughs> um, I don't know how much football they did. No, I just heard of one of the players say that on a podcast. They had a great time. So uh, TJ Hawkinson, I was listening to uh, McAvee. Uh, interview with him and that was really cool they were talking about the summit and they got to learn a little bit of everything which is really unique but i'll probably have to create my own for the fourth and third string tight end <laughs> that's, the, that's the best way i'll be able to invite it to one of their summits that's for sure you have it over in ireland and then you know you can have uh, can wrap a few in. beers a few bites to eat and stuff like that and you know yeah. we'll help you set it up it'll be all good perfect we'll run right at the we're gonna write at your field right at the soccer pitch there <laughs> There, <laughs> Gaelic football pitch. Actually, now it's we have two, more Gaelic football pitches than soccer over here, so that's what we trade on. Love it, Colin. I just had a quick question as well. After you, obviously, you've played a lot of ball, and you have to have some idol or some players that you have looked up to over the years. Have you got anybody in mind, or is there kind of a few people? Yeah, there's there's a few, but one in particular, and that's Jason Witten. He's been someone that I've been, you know, even growing up in Philadelphia, you know. I, you're an Eagles fan. You're not supposed to like the Cowboys. And thankfully that wasn't the case with me. You know, I, I was able to, my parents were like, like who you like. And my parents were Steelers fans and they were Eagles fans and giants. And we liked everyone kind of in our area. We've had some friends that coach for those teams. So we supported them. Um, and I got to see it from a homely perspective, but just a true NFL fan. So yeah, I, um, I was a big Jason Witten fan. I still am a big Jason Witten fan. I've seen a ton of his tape. I have, um, you know, been just a, just a fan of how he handled himself off the field. I've been a fan how he has, you know, prolonged his career for so long. I mean, the guy, I think, missed like one game and it was early in his career and it was like crazy, crazy injury. And he still came back and played the next week with it. So it goes to show you his toughness level, his preparation, his work ethic, what he does with his body. And that's someone I try to embody. And again, I mentioned off the field, the guy's an unbelievable philanthropist. He's camps. He has all these different things going on. So Jason Wynn, I've watched tons and tons of hours of, 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 of his reps of the film and his routes and, you know, the Y option around, he runs so well and so many different things. He's an absolute beast. Um, as a kid, I was a Jeremy Shockey fan, Tony Gates, Tony Gonzalez. Um, I was able to watch a lot of really good tight ends growing up. And then guys around the league now, I'm fans of a ton of ton of different players. You know, even guys that left us last year after Chris Manhurts is in probably not a household name when it comes to tight ends. He was at the tight end summit. Um so I guess he is household name and, and he's my my opinion, the best blocking tight end in the NFL. He's so good. He's with Jacksonville. Um, and then you got a George Kittle. So I, res I respect all the guys, but I watch the guys that block a little more than they do catch, that's for sure. Or they do vote Kittle. As a Giants fan, and I'm sure Fionn can attest to this, watching Jason Witten consistently be open on third and nine or third and 12 was sickening how often he got that ball and got that first down. Yeah. It was just so hard to watch. Just uh, speaking of the Giants then as well, obviously you came out of Temple 2017, signed with the, the Giants. I just wanted to ask you quickly, 
why why would you choose the Giants over other organizations? Because as an undrafted free agent, the rare kind of positive you have there is that one, you get to sign with an NFL team, and it can be any team that wants to sign you. So uh, why would you go and choose a great organization that's much better than the Washington football team? <laughs> wow. but, uh, why, why would you go for the Giants over some other teams? That... Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I think they're all equal. All 32 of them are one of the places. Um, you have to say that. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, for me, I it was a no-brainer. Um, the Giants are one of the Blue Bloods' first-class organization in the NFL. They're not all like that. Um, and I've been lucky the teams I play for are all first-class and they handle it the right way, in my opinion. Um, but not everyone has been so lucky. I'm, I'm fortunate. I really am. So, yeah, there wasn't a ton of teams coming out. We thought I was going to get drafted late. I went from literally nothing to maybe unsigned to, okay, you're definitely going to be an unsigned free agent too. But you may get drafted here in the sixth or seventh round. You got to see what happened and what a need is for a team. So I didn't get it drafted. And I think it came down to a couple of different teams. I think Oakland was in there and the Rams were in there and the Giants, but nothing crazy from those other teams. It was primarily the Giants really wanted me to come in and be a part of what they're doing there. So absolute no brainer. Uh, it's an hour and a half from my house, two hours. And, you know, it's, it's, it's local, it's home. So, you know, it wasn't, a, it was an easy decision for me. I mean, that was the easiest decision I ever make. I don't even think I had a decision. My agents kind of made it for me that we're going to New York. So, um, you know, it was good for me. And I, I wish I would have lasted longer there. I, I had an emergency appendectomy and my appendix was ready to rupture and I had to be rushed into surgery. And, and that's kind of what happened. You know, it's, it's a tough ending because I loved it up there. I ended up going back up there for another mini camp and, um, you know, get to see everybody again, but I didn't make the team then and they, they, they didn't sign me and, you know, life goes on. I'm here now and I'm having the opportunity to get to play them again this year. So that's going to be really cool. And that's it. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your own podcast. Uh, you mentioned it briefly earlier on the not for long um, podcast. You, you've had some quite uh, inspirational guests. Like recently you've had a uh, Brian uh, Dickerson and um, you've had some obviously well-known names around, in the NFL, but there's one podcast in particular that I was listening to and I want to speak to about because it relates to me. And that's when you had Malcolm Reed on. Um, because I am big, so I hate saying the phrase, but it's the only one I can say foodie. You know, I hate, I hate that phrase, but you know, I'm a big boy and I love my food. Um, and just thought hearing you talk about just barbecue stuff from all different parts of America for about an hour was just, um, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have listened on an empty stomach. I'll just say that much. I love it, man. I lo thanks for listening. One, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we try to do with the podcast. I mean, I've had everyone from Christian McCaffrey on to Malcolm Reed. You know, he's a barbecue pitmaster, the one you listen to. To you know, my strength coach with the Carolina Panthers, to Nell Fordner, who's a Georgia Tech women's basketball head coach, Adam Schefter. You know, we had uh, Brian Dickinson on, like you said, he, he climbed Mount Everest and then lost his sight and climb back down Mount Everest blind. I mean, it literally was like, as a, as you guys know, as pros in this business, you know, you shouldn't be ever lost for words. And I was like, I don't even know what to say right now, Brian. I, I know this is unprofessional. You know, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Had a Benny Fowler on Super Bowl champ, Colin Gillespie, he's a point guard with Villanova and a little bit of everything. I always say it's like Joe Rogan uh, without the weed, booze and 80 million, you know, <laughs> so, you know that's kind of the way we do it here. And I've had comics on and, you know, this week, came out with uh, Chris Long who won Super Bowls with the Patriots and the Eagles. And uh, yeah, he's a legend in, in the media industry as well. He's got a great podcast. And so, you know, I, I like it. It's fun for me. And when I got cut from the Giants, I was like, man, the NFL stands for not for long, really. Like I was only here for two months yeah. and three months or whatever it was. 
And I'm like, oh, that's what I'm going to call my podcast. I'm going to go from there. And we just got our first shipment of apparel in and stickers. And we're going through all that process. And it's been fun. You know, the challenge of doing it in season is something. But for me, like, I only spend about an hour a week on it yeah. um, because, you know, I have a great team. And as you guys know, you guys are a team and you have people behind the scenes, I'm sure, helping you out as well. Because without them, you can't have a product. You can just the man hours are just a lot to do. So, um, you know, I'm lucky to have a great team. I got four individuals that all work for me that, are really good at what they do and make me look really good. And everyone's like, you're always on my timeline. You're always tweeting and posting. And like, are you, how do you do it while you're playing? I'm like, I don't do it. That's what <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I just retweet it and say, thank you. You know? So yeah, it's been fun, man. I appreciate you guys asking about it. So which, which part of the country is your favorite barbecue uh, and be wary you are in one of them. So you have to be careful about which yeah, one you answer. Carolina. I'm in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I love Carolina sauce. I think it'd be my first one. Carolina barbecue is delicious too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I like them all. I'll be honest with you. I, there's not one that they rank for me. Like, oh, sorry, like Memphis barbecue isn't good enough. Like, no. <laughs> I think for me though, like I'm a huge salt and pepper guy. Like, mm-hmm. and let the smoke do the work. So we get the big green egg at the house. So we'll just salt and pepper everything up. And then I love a Carolina vinegar sauce. So it's a combination of probably two worlds there for me. A little salt and pepper, which is Texas style, and then uh you know the carolina vinegar so and that's not a politically correct answer either that's just being <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing better than a good vinegar sauce Colin, I, tell, I, bought I, tell you. Mini, I bought the mini green egg that i have out the back garden that i'm just getting used to so if you have any good tips let me know Here, this guy malcolm reed i'm telling you what go nowhere else like i've tried it i'm not saying you have i'm sure you got recipes and you got people you're following but like i was such a bad smoker and literally, I just watch this guy on YouTube who's got millions of followers, like millions of followers across all these platforms. And he's won so many awards and he just lays it out for you. Like whatever piece of meat, he's done it like four different ways, four different times from pork butt to, you know, to a brisket, to burn ends, to whatever. Like you're going to get on there and be like, OK, my mouth's watering. Kind of similar <laughs> situation with happened on an empty stomach. But, like, you're going to be like, okay, now I know what I want to do. Like, that looks really good. So, you know, just go to How to Barbecue, right? And Or you listen to our podcast, too. Like, he smoked wings. Like, everything is good, man. You can buy his mixes and all his, like, barbecue rubs. And I don't change it. I don't. I literally follow exactly what he does. People are like, oh, mix it up. I'm like, this is like baking, man. You can't just do, like, an extra, <laughs> extra stick of butter, you, you know. Probably you could do that with barbecue. You could do that for sure. But, you know, some extra baking powder, for lack of a better term, and, like, the things yeah. that explode. So, yeah. yeah, check out Malcolm, man. How to barbecue right well, My mouth's already watering just thinking <laughs> about it. I'm dying over here for dinner. Or like, I'm just, like, you know, it's late, it's late for you guys, but it's getting close to dinner time here. And, man, oh, man, I'm going to have to put a little steak on and do a mouth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, have you ever watched – um uh, what's this Sam the cooking guy on YouTube? No. I've seen any of his recipes. He's a guy you should look up on YouTube and he does a lot of stuff. Like he owns a couple of restaurants in LA and he makes his own sort of stuff. And he, um, you know, it's not only barbecue, it's, it's other things that he'll do, but he'll do it all on his uh, flat top barbecue outside as well. But it's really good. It's well worth checking out. The flat top is like the new thing. I have a blackstone at the house. I mean, you know, not at my house now, but that I'm renting down here during the season. But man, oh man, I can't wait to get home and use the black, you know, the blackstone, the flat top grill outside is like, it's like cheating. It's like cheating. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Um, one more question before we let you go, and it is a non-football question again. Um, but I do hear you are a soccer fan. 
and you are a fan of Tottenham Hotspur. Hotspur, baby. So, <laughs> are you happy with how the season started? Three wins from three? I don't think you can get much better than that. No, Harry Kane's still around, you know, yeah. for now, hopefully for a while. And they win over Man City to start the year off. Yeah, so it's funny. I uh, visit Key West, Florida, southernmost point in the United States, um, continentally, southernmost point in, Key, in, in Florida. And I have some friends there and um, some locals. And, yeah, like I wanted to always get in Premier League, always wanted to. And I had a friend who's a Liverpool fan and like they went on this crazy run and went, had, obviously they won it. And I, that's right when I started watching a lot, right. Two years ago. And I'm like, I can't be a Liverpool fan. Like I'll put the Jersey on with you, man. Like, give me a hat. Like I'm in like, great. I'm all for this. And that's the nice thing is I get to pick. Like, this is fun. Usually we're, you know, you're, you get in, in the Northeast. Local area. Yeah. Yeah. It's all your area, right? Like local area. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's going to come to me. I can't be a Liverpool fan. I want the perfect team for kind of like what I like, which is like a team that can be good, but they're not always great. And, you know, but like hopefully they can make a run and be good. And, and I didn't even think that. I was like, you know, maybe I could do that, but we'll see where it goes. So I go to Key West. I ran into three friends. One is a man, lives right there, right next to the stadium where he grew up. He's a fisherman in Key West. One's a banker. He came in wearing a Hotspur jacket, like a sweet jacket, like an off color of their team. It was so cool. And the next one's like, do you want to come to this, um, you know, Irish pub in Key West called Shanna Key and uh, have some pints and watch the Tottenham game? I'm like, sure. And I went in there and there was a bunch of Tottenham fans. I'm like, well, here's my team. Let's go. <laughs> so I was, I'm dialed in. Like, I'm, I don't know everybody yet, but I'm trying to slowly get there. And for me, like when, you know, the off season hits, it's like February. And that's perfect, right? And towards the middle end of, of the Premier League season. And I love it. Like, I'm starting to learn more about it and get into it more and become more of a, a you know, a, a soccer fan. Yeah. And did you watch their uh, All or Nothing series on Amazon as well? So that is on my docket to list and download this. Yeah. Yeah, good that, thing, it, it's fun, especially because, like, obviously the old manager, Jose Mourinho, was there. He... It's entertaining watching him now, to be fair, it is for sure. Um, but no, that's great. And look, listen, we're probably going to wrap it up here soon. But, but Colin, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us. I know it's a busy week getting every getting ready for the first game of the season. Um, and we really appreciate the time you're taking to speak to us today. Anytime, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Anytime you need me, let me know. It should be a message. Excellent. And just before we do let you go, um, if people are interested to listening to uh, Not For Long podcast, where can they find it? Yeah, so any social media outlet. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, just check it out, Not For Long Media. And uh, we're on YouTube. We have a great YouTube presence as well. All our interviews, you can see them. Um, just like you guys are doing, you can hear them on anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever that may be, SoundCloud. So check us out, Not For Long Media. Like I said, $80 million short, no brood or no weed, but some great interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it and look we're just the, the lower thing we, we've got the one great guest in yourself we haven't got multiple great guests but and then we're, we're missing the well we have one bit of booze here today we do occasionally we, have yeah. booze yeah <laughs> we do occasionally have booze that's I find the booze is good we have a booze yeah. concert so they do the job yeah if they're looking to sponsor another show you know you know where to sell them anyway. <laughs> absolutely we can do it with the free drinks <laughs> absolutely maybe just for us when we're done playing on the pitch that's it for sure. That's it. We'll fill the pirate chest with them. That's what we'll do. Um, so, but yeah, guys, that is where we're going to wrap up this show. Um, before we do go, again, 
we do have our competition going on. You have one more day left to enter it to win a free NFL jersey of your choice. Go to our uh, social pages, Instagram at UndercenterPod. The same on Twitter at UndercenterPod. You'll see the uh, pinned tweet there of how to enter the uh, the competition. Same on our Instagram. Just click on the photo where our competition there. Um, make sure you are following our page to be in, in with a chance to win. We will announce the winner on uh, Thursday evening uh before we go also as well if you prefer the audio side of the show you can listen to us just go to under center podcast wherever you get your podcasts you'll find us there too as well jake and fion thanks as always my friends thank you very much thanks for having us thanks color for coming on anytime boy appreciate you guys man and we will be back again with another show tomorrow previewing the season opener between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. We're going to have some great guests on Craig Ullman of The Athletic and Kyle Humans from Talking Cowboys Radio. But until then, stay safe and we'll see you soon.